Hi everyone, I'm Brian Peters and this is the Science of Social Media, a podcast by Buffer, your weekly sandbox for social media stories, insights, experimentation, and learning. Welcome to episode 100. I'm Haley Griffiths and this week it's our 100th podcast episode. We are celebrating with a very special, never before done, totally unscripted show for you today. More on that later. But for now, we just want to say welcome to everyone. This has been a long time coming. It has, Haley, it has. And you know what they say, there are only two guarantees in life, death and taxes. Well, that and a new Buffer podcast episode every Monday. (laughs) Today should be fun. Let's kick it off. Like Haley said, we'd like to welcome everyone to our 100th episode. Gosh, this feels like one of those bucket list things. Record 100 episodes of a podcast right under skydiving. (laughs) Yeah, this is incredible. I mean, I don't know if I thought this was going to happen when we first started, but it's really exciting that we're here now. Um, Definitely a huge shout out to all of our listeners for making this possible. I don't think we would have recorded 100 episodes if no one had been listening. So we're grateful to you. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Haley. When we started this back in September 2016, I was looking forward and thinking, okay, 100, that'd be awesome. But then to hit 100 and a million downloads and to have more than 120 reviews on iTunes, it's seriously a dream come true. And so, yes, thank you to all of our listeners and to our wonderful podcast community. This episode is for you. Yes. Um, I don't even know. So 120 iTunes reviews is definitely the U.S. store, right? So I haven't been able to check other stores, but maybe we're even at a higher iTunes review. Yeah, we could. Actually, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. So the way I, the way iTunes does it is that reviews are actually per country, right? So 120 U.S., more in Canada, more in other countries. So we're actually past that. So that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. When I lived in Canada, I was always like, what do you mean we have so many reviews? I only see three. But like <laughs> when I moved to the U.S., now I see now I see the reviews. I guess we have fewer Canadian listeners, but I'm sure that they are they are out there, out with a Canadian pronunciation. Yes. With the, so to all of our Canadian <laughs> listeners, we love you as well. And we'd love for you to drop a, a review in the Canadian <laughs> iTunes store. Uh, but in all honesty, we, we didn't really know the best way to celebrate 100. There's almost too many ideas out there and they've all been done before. T- so today we're peeling back the curtain of the science of social media, going completely yeah. off script, as you probably could tell already, totally candid, starting with some of our favorite moments from the podcast over the last two years. So Haley, do you have some favorite podcast moments? Oh my gosh, I definitely do. Um, Okay, first one that comes to mind is I can't believe we had Ryan Holiday on the podcast. I can't believe it. I've read so many of his books. I follow him obsessively on Twitter. I think I watch his Instagram stories every single day. Like to talk to him was so surreal. And my favorite moment was definitely like, we're just casually chatting and we're talking about marketing and stuff. And he's like, yeah, and that's why I love and use Buffer. And I think that I I just couldn't (laughs) believe it. Like, I think I have a sound clip of him saying that he loves and uses Buffer that I just kept for myself if I'm having a bad day. Like, (laughs) we know that Ryan Holiday loves us. Um, So... I mean, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. The fact that Ryan... And then we have Marie Forleo and Brian Fanzo and Jay Bear. I mean, we just have so many... Awesome guests throughout the throughout the two years that we've been doing this. So yeah. yeah. If they're still listening today, thank you to you all. They have been incredible. Marie Forleo is another big one. I think Marie Forleo is the person that got me into marketing. Like 
Yeah. I, st- I, I didn't even, I hadn't considered marketing as a career path. And then I saw her and I was like, well, this is cool. <laughs> See, that's full circle. I love it. We've also had Rand yeah. Fishkin, NASA, yes. Bustle. I mean, and then all the, you know, since we've switched over from interview style format over to this sort of co-host style, we've oh, also yeah. been talking about a, really, a lot of really fun topics over the years. And I hope that we were able to teach our listeners a few things. So. Yeah. What are some of your favorite moments? I mean, I know Rand Kish, Kishkin, Fishkin. Wow. <laughs> Can't edit that out because we're unscripted. <laughs> yeah, no editing that out. Uh, yeah, my favorite moment ever was, you know, it was it was the first time we had ever been doing the podcast. It was my first pretty much interview ever live, and it was Rand Fishkin. Those you're probably familiar with him. Super nervous going into it, and then you know when we started recording, I realized that Rand, if you're listening, I love you, but the sound quality was was <laughs> was a little like it was challenging, and it was my first realization that, you know. It's not easy to do this. And number one, it's not easy to interview. Number two, everything that you think is going to go perfectly probably won't. And so you got to roll with the punches. And that was that was one of my favorite moments from the show is not only interviewing Rand, but also sort of a moment of realization early on. Yeah, that's a good one. I think you've had some good like off podcast moments too, haven't you? You've had the chance, you do a lot of speaking. Yes. So my other my other favorite moment is when I was at Social Media Examiner or Social Media Marketing World a few months ago and someone walked up or someone was walking by when I was talking to someone. They're like, hey, I know that voice. Oh, my You're gosh. You're the guy from Science of Social Media. And that was, I was like, wow, this I made it. That is, okay, we've been talking about bucket list items. That's a bucket list item for me. I want someone to be like, I think I know your voice from a podcast one day, one day. Now, well, well, next time we're together, I'll, I'll send someone by as like a secret shopper. <laughs> <laughs> as a secret shopper. <laughs> All right, so those are some of our best moments. How about how about scariest moments, Haley? Do you have any oh scary or, or doubtful moments during the podcast? I think going into podcasting, um, Neither of us knew anything about this, but one of the biggest things is like you have to record the audio, right? And then you have to save the audio on your laptop and you have to give the audio to the person who's editing, which for us is you, Brian. Um, Ever since day one, I've been terrified. I'm like, I'm gonna lose some audio files. It's gonna happen. Like, I'm just gonna, I don't know what's gonna happen. I'm gonna lose them. And uh, it finally happened at the end of last year. It was terrible. I was, uh, you know, like, I think I was on vacation or something like that. And we had recorded an episode I lost some audio files. Uh, I think I sent you the Marie Forleo episode and I was like, here it is. And you were like, this yeah, is not it. And I was like, oh, it. I just keep this. Didn't I end up doing a solo episode after that? Or I think something? you did. You did a solo episode because I was still offline. I didn't have my mic or anything. Um, so that was my biggest fear. And it it was realized. So there's a lost episode floating around out there. Not anywhere that <laughs> I can find. find. It, <laughs> <send her> over. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if I find it, I'll let you know. That was That was definitely... Definitely the scariest one for me. What about for you? Yeah, people people thought that we were being creative with my solo episode, but it was more <laughs> of we just lost the audio file. It was I think, creativity. I think Don't ruin me, it. <laughs> yeah, I think for me the the biggest like sort of down moment is when we received our first one star review on iTunes because it was you know I shouldn't obviously there's going to be one star reviews along the way, but that was tough because you realize that you can't please everyone with the show, even though you really really want to and you want to make a show that's good for everyone. Uh, But then you realize that there are, for every one star review, that there are 20 people out there who love the podcast. But one of the, one of the one star reviews that really stuck out to me uh, was someone called our show snake oil, which (laughs) which is is pretty tough. Uh, But then all it took was me reading some other reviews to, you know, to, to make me realize that it is still a fun show. We do, we do help in a lot of ways. So yeah, I I guess lesson learned is don't, don't take everything so seriously. Take it with a grain of salt. I totally agree with this. And I mean, we were scrolling through looking for one-star reviews and and they were, they were difficult to find, but yeah, so it's, 
I, it's also something that happens when you're when you're public facing marketing channel when people can listen to and comment on what you're doing. I think that they're they're going to have strong opinions and they might not necessarily agree with you and that's okay. We're not we're not doing this for everyone. We're doing this for the marketers that agree like not necessarily agree but like what we're saying or like our style. So yeah, I I totally agree. And you know, there's I think there's a lot of lessons for businesses and marketers out there to learn too. It's like when you do face this adversity and I'm calling one star review adversity, uh, (laughs) you know, there's going to be a lot of people that don't agree with what you're doing or that don't like your product or that are very vocal with you on social media about how, you know, you did them wrong or the the, the things that you're doing are not up to par with their standards. And it's, it reminds me of Jay Bear's book, hug your haters. Those are going to happen. And you just have to like treat them with kindness and just realize that those are a minority of people and that you are doing good work. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So I'm realizing we started in September of 2016. <clears throat> we had been recording episodes prior to that. So really, like, we were probably in podcasting mode in June of 2016, already kicking it off. But so it's been about two years, Brian, now that we've probably been doing this podcast. Wow. Um, what do you think? Where was it then? Where is it now? We should comment on some of that. Yeah, yeah. Let's 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 do a quick reflection of the podcast and maybe some takeaways for people. But I, I think the reason that we started off with guest interviews, right? And, and everybody mm-hmm. loved those. And then we quickly realized that you can only have, there's, there becomes a threshold for really good guests, right? And you can only chase good guests for so long before you sort of run out of yeah. the top names. And so that's when we sort of switched over to this co-host style. And it's really been awesome because number one, it's been, I think, good for both of our sanities. Having guests on the show <laughs> is a lot of work and interviewing yes. and prepping and editing. And then, uh, and then you know, the other thing was too is that the podcast, and we're going to talk about this a little bit in a second here. It's it's really more of a side project or side hustle for us at Buffer, and you know we've grown to the show to more than a million downloads as a part time job. Yeah, I mean that was something that um, I was really tuned into from the start is is pitching guests to have them on the show. And it just took up so much time also. And you're like digging around for people's emails and trying to get in touch with them without being spammy because you really do genuinely like think that they're incredible people and you want to have them on the show, but you're like sending the same thing over and over again. So that was definitely a a different part of our show. We also used to have Kevin Lee, our director of marketing on this show every now and again. Hey, Kevin. I know he's listening. (laughs) Is he? Shout out to you. Yeah. Yeah, that's, That's funny you say that though. Like on your point, I wanted to get your thoughts on that a little bit more is like, you know, and then we, we went into panic mode a lot of times when you build up this guest sort of format or anything else in marketing and you realize, oh my gosh, I don't have this for this week. And you go into panic mode, right? Like we would run out of guests and be like, yeah, oh no, we don't have a guest for this week. What do we do? Yeah, that wasn't fun. And you know, if you're doing something quickly just to get it done, I don't think that you're ever going to do it to the level, to the standard that you want to do it to. So these more recent episodes, now that we've evolved to sort of like just the two of us sharing insights and and takeaways, news, I love our news episodes. I think that those are a lot higher quality for people. And there's a lot more value that we can give people from those rather than just doing like a rushed guest episode. And guest is hard too. I think a lot of people are really good at what they do, but there's a difference between people who are good at what they do and people who are good at explaining what they do, mm-hmm. which we've learned. Um, yes. I think that we've had some super incredible guests, but I also think that um, I've listened to other podcasts too. And sometimes you hear people and it's like, I can tell that you're smart, but it's really difficult to understand what you're saying to me. So that's a particular challenge with audio. Right, exactly. And now, you know, not that we have to spend too much more time on this guest format thing, but in an ideal world, 
for our podcast, I could see us evolving into a a place where we're interviewing a lot of different folks for each single episode and then sort of editing them together with a storytelling format. Now, obviously the production value in that's a lot higher, but I, in the future, I think, I think I can see where that's, uh, you know, our podcast evolving to, but let's talk really quickly about how, um, you know, how we fit something like podcasting into our full-time roles as a side project. Yeah, because what you're talking about, that would be so much additional. That would be right. so much additional work. And and we both have full-time roles right now. And we're fitting podcasting in sort of on definitely on the side. It's not a main part of either of our roles. Right. So um, maybe maybe we can le- like share some really tactical stuff because I think this is also relevant to how do you do blogging on the side and how do you do yeah. social media as a part of your full-time role. But I think the, the first thing is that you have to be comfortable with um, – realizing that there's an optimal out there and then settling in for really quality, but not being top quality. And what I mean by that is like, we're never going to produce a show on NPR level on an NPR level, but what we can do is produce a really quality show. Just like you might not produce, you know, first, first round review style blog posts, but you can Mm -hmm. still produce really quality content. Yeah. I think that's a really good one. And there is, there are such high quality shows out there that it's hard not to compare yourself to that. Right. But you sort of have to do the best with what you have because you're not going to have a team. Like at the end of those NPR episodes or Malcolm Gladwell, I love his podcast. He lists like 20 people that have worked on this show with him. Oh, yeah, and it's, it's just you and I, like, I don't know if we're, we're pulling back the curtains here, but there is no one else on the team that's helping with the podcast. <laughs> it's just me and Brian. Yeah, we should start doing like credits at the end, like produced by. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So Haley, what do you? What do we do? I mean, could you break down a little bit how we actually make this podcast part of our full time roles, and then you know, kind of how we grew it to a million downloads as a side hustle? Yeah, I mean, to start, I think this one's pretty obvious, but we do have blocked out calendar time for this every week. Like there is a spot that we have for science of social media recording. We have to write the episodes ahead of time. So like the amount of time that we record, usually we block about an hour. Um, We used to do two episodes a week. Like we would record one episode and then another, and then Brian would edit them. And then we would essentially have a week off, but we got into this flow of doing like one episode a week, which was, which we're breaking right now. We're trying to get back on top of it. But, um, so we block out our calendars. We do write the episodes ahead of time. This is a big one. I know that you want to talk about too, Brian, where we script our episodes. We have exactly what we're going to say because we want to, we want to give you a really good show. We want to give you a show without like pauses and hmms and haws and ums, um, um, which we can't do when it's un- when it's unscripted. It's a lot harder. So we do script the shows. Yes. Yeah. Talk about pulling back the curtain. Uh, you know, and it's funny too, because I was talking with a good friend of mine, Jay Akunzo, who does a few different shows. And I was, we were doing an episode and we were talking about behind the scenes of the Buffer podcast on another show. And I said to him, I was like, I'm a little embarrassed to admit this, but we actually script our show. And he was like, why are you embarrassed to admit, to admit that? And I was like, well, I feel like it's kind of taboo in the podcast industry. You know, you're supposed to be, you know, call your girlfriend super funny off the script all the time. And he's like, well, I think that's the biggest myth in the podcasting industry and the marketing industry as well as like everything that you think is random or that you think is like just creative out of nowhere is not like there's a lot of thought that goes into it. NPR and these Gimlet media shows, for example, they sometimes they spend two or three hours just on a five minute segment of a show. And so Crazy. that's when I realized like, okay, you know, maybe it isn't bad that we're really putting a lot of thought into this because we do want to deliver that in 10 minutes to 15 minutes. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that our, 
our shows are better for it. But I do also think that you and I are both scared of breaking people's hearts a little bit when we tell them right. that a lot of it is scripted. Right. And the other thing is too, I think we're a little, a little afraid to go off off script. We do sometimes. Like sometimes we'll just have a section where it's like reaction and Brian will say something and I'll react and then I'll say something and Brian will react. So like some, there are little pockets of of unscripted in our episodes. Little nuggets. Little throughout. nuggets, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, actually, you know, if tweet us at hashtag buffer podcast if you can tell in our previous episodes when we're on script and when we're off script. Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah. I'd love to hear from you. That, that would be, I would love to hear that also. Um, so maybe we should talk a little bit too about lessons from a million downloads and a hundred episodes in terms of growing a podcast, because like we mentioned, this is neither of our full-time jobs. So we are responsible for growing the listeners to this podcast, um, on our, on our own. <laughs> okay. Lessons from a hundred episodes, huh? Let's see if we can, uh, do you have one to start? Let me think. Um, Gosh, in terms of like things we might do differently or maybe just, oh, you know what? Okay, no, I do have one. Um, okay. Take care of your community is a big one for me. I think I love responding to the Buffer podcast tweets and having people react and be surprised that we're talking to them. And I think it's so important, you know, we're talking about growing listeners. It's it's important to take care of your existing listeners also. Um, so if you do tweet with Buffer podcast, we will respond I love them. So I think taking care of the community, making sure that they are heard and that their feedback is is taken into account. We've had people like request shows that we've done too. So all of that, all of that sort of thing, I think has really led to us growing as a podcast. Because if we have just ignored people that listen to the show, maybe they would not keep listening and it would be even harder to keep growing it to a million downloads. I could not agree more there. And it's funny because like, it, I get so caught up and you probably do too in looking at the numbers, right? So like 14,000 downloads, 14,100 downloads. And it's, I'm just like, can we just grow our show more? Like we're all our <laughs> listeners. And then I realize I, every single week, I realize this is that, wow, that's 14,000 people, real people who listen to our show every single week. And so, yeah, I think that taking care of your community and, and treating every single number as an actual person is huge. Yeah. And yeah, so thanks for using the hashtag buffer podcast as well. We love hearing from you. Oh, I just want to say, I love that you yes. just shared our, our podcast numbers transparently, because that's another thing in the podcasting world that's a little bit taboo is sharing your download numbers, because it's not right. like YouTube where you can just see how many people have seen. So you all, our listeners, don't necessarily know, you know how many people have reviewed the podcast. You don't know how many people have listened to it. We've had a million downloads over our lifetime. But yes, what Brian was saying about the 14,000 per episode is our average, which is, it's kind of fun to talk about that transparently because yeah, it doesn't happen right? a lot. I'm like getting like butterflies. Like, <laughs> no, we do, we, we fluctuate between 14,000 and 15,000. The other week we hit 14,998. <sighs> Exciting. <laughs> I was like, but where's the two? Just two more. Just two more. <laughs> uh, but I think that actually leads in to a perfect conversation about my biggest lesson learned. And that is that. Mm -hmm. A lot of times in marketing, you do things because they have results attached to them. And that's great because we all have to grow our businesses. But sometimes, like with podcasting, you do something because you believe in it and because you're passionate about it. And I think that not everything comes with KPIs and sales funnels and measurable results. For example, 14,100 downloads per week. I mean, we get 300,000 sessions to our blog. If you're comparing yeah. those two, it's like, why are we, why are we even podcasting? But then... <laughs> Then you realize that, you know, maybe a listen is, is valuable in other ways that a, a blog post read isn't. And maybe, you know, we're building a community that isn't available through something like 
Facebook or, or blogging. And so sometimes you do things because you know it's the right thing to do. And I think that's one of my biggest lessons learned. I love that. I love that. And I think, you know, when we started out, there was a lot more doubt because we didn't start at 14,000 downloads per episode. There was a lot more doubt about like, will this make an impact in two years later? I'm really glad that we powered through, but I think the, we wouldn't have been able to power through if we had been too focused on the numbers, because maybe if it weren't giving the, um, you know, if it weren't reaching the results we were trying to reach, it would have been easy to put it aside. But because podcasting is something that we both love and are passionate about, um, audio format is my favorite way to get things. This Agreed. is the only reason we've been able to keep doing it for two years. If we hadn't been passionate and the numbers weren't showing, we would have we would have stopped probably. Absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't so, agree more. What would we do differently, Brian? Ooh, do differently. <laughs> okay, we should pre- this is one thing that we should probably still do, and I just haven't done it, is that we probably if we would have known that we would be here two years later, 100 episodes, a million downloads, I probably would have started an email list up front. Oh, and, man. <laughs> and we still probably should do it. But now it's just like, wow, we just miss on all those years. But I think it's one of those things where it's never too late to actually do it. So I would have started, I would have built a, a more, I would have built an a off podcast community earlier. I, what about you, Haley? I still can't believe we haven't built an email list. The number of times that we've talked about it, that we've oh. started our recordings, and we've been like, should we build an email list? Yeah, we should build yeah. an email list. Like, we both believe <laughs> yeah. in email marketing. And then it just never happens because, like we said, this is a side project for for both of us, and we're already squeezing in times to to record and edit around a lot of our other responsibilities. Right, so right. this hasn't been possible, but it's almost like we weren't we weren't expecting it to take off. So like we weren't doing the extra things, but we should have definitely done the extra things. Right, exactly. <laughs> Oh, um, yours. What's your uh, what's your biggest? Oh my gosh, definitely learn to interview people before you interview people. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, our first ever episode was with the social media director of NASA. I still cannot believe he responded to my random LinkedIn <laughs> in mail where I was like, "Hey, would you like to be on our non-existent podcast?" Like, I still can't believe that happened. Um, and there's a there's a part I didn't know how to interview people. I had never interviewed people. And I was also so new to audio recording that I was very worried about interrupting him and about people not being able to hear him. So he made a joke at one point and I just sat there and didn't laugh because I was worried, even though I think I was holding in the laugh. Like I was doing one of those, like, try not to laugh. What he said was funny. And I just didn't react because I was trying to not have the audio levels be bad because I didn't understand how podcast editing went and I didn't know how to interview people. So I just didn't laugh, which was probably really awkward for him. And then listening back to the episode, it sounds so strange that I didn't laugh at this super obvious joke that he made. It's just very embarrassing first ever episode. That's that's a good one. And I think there's a it, it's I think you bring up a really good point there. And that's if you want to like level up the quickest way possible in your public speaking, interviewing, and just people skills, start a podcast. <laughs> Absolutely start oh, a podcast because yes. you like immediately have to learn on the job. And I remember when I was interviewing Rand, I was trying to look at the next questions that I wanted to ask him while also listening to him, which is the, one of the hardest oh, arts gosh. in podcasting because you want to respond to their answers thoughtfully, but you don't want to forget what you want to say next. And so it's a, it's a unique skill that I don't, I didn't think that I knew I didn't have. Yeah. By the end of our, well, maybe starting in the middle, what I had learned about interviewing people. So you have to have your questions ready in advance. Like do not do it off the cuff. That is way too much pressure, (laughs) especially if it's someone that you really admire. Like I got so nervous when Ryan Holiday and Marie Forleo were on the podcast. If I hadn't had questions, I think I would have just 
blabbered on about how much I love them. Like I definitely started the Marie Forleo interview by being like, I'm such a huge fan. <laughs> like, yeah. I think I would have just done that for an hour if I hadn't had questions. Um, but what I ended up doing is having a notebook next to me so that when they said something, I could write down the thing that they said that I wanted to refer to really quickly, like in a couple of words, but then continue listening to them. And then at the end of their question, take a pause and look at what I was going to say and formulate my question. But I think there's sort of this rush to have the next thing to say, but we're not on live TV. We're on podcasting. You can edit this later. Like, you know, you can start a question and then say, hold on, I'm going to rephrase that. And I think that was all very, very difficult to learn on the spot. It happened though. It was a very steep learning curve. It was a very painfully embarrassing learning curve in some, in some cases, but we did learn really well. I just, I, I just wish I had, I had like looked up ways to interview people ahead of time or like practiced interviewing like I don't know like my sister like just anything that would have given me slightly more experience than just jumping into interviewing NASA as my first ever interview (laughs) right and I think I think along with that too is that I don't think I think we wanted to be professional podcasters off the bat but I think we should have realized that a lot of like expertise and knowledge comes with experience and and so I think looking back I wish I would have known that going in is that you can't be good at anything unless you do and fail a lot of times. Like, I don't think I was really yeah. a good podcaster until like 60 episodes in and I'm still, you know, we're, we're both still learning on podcasting. So I think absolutely really expertise and knowledge comes with experience and that, that happens a lot. So Haley, I yeah. think, should we, clo- should we close down 1 million downloads, 100 episodes, two co-hosts and one random episode? Well, you have to answer the question, Brian, has this episode been random enough? <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's random enough, but also uh, you know, synchronized enough to where people enjoyed getting to know us a little bit better and getting, getting to know the show a little bit better. And we promise this will be, you know, the most unique one for the next 100 episodes. But hopefully you enjoyed this one today. Yeah, who knows what will happen at our 200th episode if we if we get there. Um, <laughs> I Just a huge thank you again to our listeners. I think my favorite part of this podcast is getting to interact with people on Twitter. A blog post would have like a comment section and we just don't have that. Um, someone sent us a tweet to tell us that he listens to the podcast on his motorcycle, which is like so cool. So please keep sending us tweets. We love interacting with you um, as a listener and we're so grateful to you for continuing to listen and support this podcast. I love that. I can just imagine him or her cruising down the coast, podcasting, just enjoying the motorcycle ride. Brian and Haley. If you're listening to us now, I hope you're enjoying your ride. Uh, <laughs> And with that, Brian and Haley signing off for our first 100 episodes. We will talk to you next Monday.